0: E2i Design is a full solutions provider for all things audio, video, lighting, and broadcast. Whether it be design, installation, or offering gear for a great price, E2i Design supports you by providing the right tools for the job. Look them up on Facebook or Instagram at E2i Design, or visit their website, E2iDesign.com. Each year, one in three seniors dies with Alzheimer's or another dementia. More than 6 million Americans are living with Alzheimer's. And in 2020, COVID-19 contributed to a 17% increase in Alzheimer's and dementia deaths. It kills more people than breast cancer and prostate cancer combined. In 2022, Alzheimer's and other dementias will cost the nation $321 billion. By 2050, these costs could rise to nearly $1 trillion. That's where you come in. The Walk to End Alzheimer's is an annual effort to raise awareness, defray costs, and and increase research funding of this deadly disease. Get involved by starting a walk team today. It's free and just might save a life. Find out more at alz.org. That's alz.org. Episode 402 of the Motor City HDJ podcast is titled Forward. The 2023 2024 NFL season is finally over and we've got a winner. Spoiler alert it isn't the Detroit Lions. But with the Super Bowl in our rearview mirror, I just wanted to use my platform today to gush for just a little bit about our team and give you my thoughts on last season. Really, though, looking ahead to 2024, looking looking to talk about this team that got us excited about football in Detroit again. So we're going to do all those things today. E2i Design is the sponsor of this podcast. Visit their website e2idesign.com or all the social media at E2i Design. Forward is episode 402 of the Motor City HDJ podcast and it starts right now. Welcome to February everyone. It's your DJ Brett Cummins. I hope you've been doing well since I last talked to you. You should be doing okay, because that little groundhog said we would have an early spring, but as I record this, we've got snow falling to the tune of about three to four inches, depending on where you are, so it may be time to hire a new furry meteorologist. Punxsutawney, we're looking at you. Before I dive into anything today, I want to give you the disclaimer that my original intention of creating this podcast was to focus on the wedding and event industry, the people that make it move, maybe sprinkle a little history about weddings and events in there as well. But then I realized the Motor City HDJ podcast, Motor City HDJ, comes from my love of Detroit and all things Detroit. You look at my logo, the Art Deco that's in there. So I'm going to bundle in, as far as things that go with Detroit, the Detroit Lions. So since this is my vehicle, I'm going to drive it the way that I want. And we're going to take a little detour down Brush Street because I want to talk about the Detroit Lions. Most of you listening to this, like me, are here in Michigan and Metro Detroit. And since the only option we have for a professional football team here in Michigan is the Detroit Lions, it's really the default choice for many. Now, I know some of you root for teams in other places. I know people that are here that are uh, Niners fans or Green Bay fans. But I'll, I'll be candid with you that I have been all-in On the Lions since I decided that they were my team. As a fan of the Lions, yeah, they've been fun to watch most of the time. There's been a lot of heartbreak in there, a good amount of pain, and uh, admittedly a ton of agony, but the recurring theme among Lions haters would become dreaded words for those of us who are all-in diehard fans. Those three words, same old Lions now my dad I I can recall my dad taking me to games at the Silverdome when I was younger and I vaguely remember getting to see Barry Sanders Chris Spielman Wayne Fonce all these legends of the 90s Lions team but I really started watching them in 2004 when Steve Mariucci was the head coach and Joey Harrington was the quarterback now like most of us that follow the team, I can still remember, at least, you know, in the, in the days that I was between 20 to 30. My memory, believe it or not, was still pretty good, despite the fact I hardly remembered to go to class in college. <laughs> but I remember watching the train wreck of 2008, when the Lions lost every single game that year. They went 0-16. It was the 2008 season, when Dan Orlovsky, if you remember this... He ran out of the back of the end zone for a safety. So, because of that not-so-much-of-a-good-thing record-breaking season, we had the worst record in football that year, which meant we were able to draft Matthew Stafford out of Georgia in the first round of the NFL draft. And, yeah, there was hope in this kid. I guess I really didn't pay attention to it then. Of course, you know we saw what happened with him, but... I I do know that we all had this feeling that he would be the answer. And he was a rock star for a good amount of that time. He was able to deliver four winning seasons under both Jim Schwartz and Caldwell. He even got us to the playoffs. But that's when the nightmares started. The, The first nightmare was making it to the playoffs, playing in wild card games, and then having penalty flags picked up, losing in heartbreaking fashion. I remember it like it happened yesterday. But really, the biggest nightmare of them all happened when we got a breakup letter from number nine. All our hopes and dreams of ever getting anywhere with this team were over. Do you remember when you heard the news? You remember that day? Detroit Lions are going to unload Matthew Stafford and his contract. Sinking, just that sinking feeling of, oh boy, well, where is he going to go? Who are we going to get? And of course, he gave us the whole, it's not you, it's me bit, right? We learned that it was on a trip to Mexico where he found someone else who promised to treat him better, give him the world, and a whole lot more money. Of course, right Lions fans, we felt like we got the shaft in the deal when the Rams proposed the trade for Stafford and his contract for some draft picks, and their QB one, Jared Goff. For two years, we sat around staring at our number nine jerseys like the sweatshirt that he left at our house (laughs) during the breakup that we never gave back, Right, thinking about what did we do wrong or how could we have treated him differently? It hurt, right? Because we traded for a guy that Despite having been to a Super Bowl, you know, Jared Goff just wasn't our guy. Stafford was part of this town. He became the face of the Detroit Lions. But the biggest heartbreak, to me, even bigger than the breakup, even bigger than him going to another team, was when, in 2022, the first year he was with them, he would lead his new team to a Super Bowl victory. And I would suffice it to say that we were torn as Lions fans, weren't we? I mean, it seemed, at least to me it seemed, that the entire fan base was split down the middle as to whether or not we should root for the guy or boo for the guy. Me, personally, I'll be very candid and transparent and say that I rooted for him until this last season. Well, we'll get there. After Lions ownership unloaded Stafford and picked up Goff, they found a new general manager in Brad Holmes, a new head coach in Dan Campbell, who played on that 2008 0 and 16 team. Always getting, you know, getting a new head coach is always something, right? You never know. Most of the time, when you get a new head coach, it's like, all right, we kind of know where this guy has been from, you know, whatever, whatever team he's coming from. So we kind of have an idea. We didn't really know a whole lot about Dan Campbell. But his first press conference was a doozy, right? He gave us some amazing sound bites, including the notorious one-liner, we're gonna bite a kneecap off. If you have not heard that, YouTube, you know, search that on YouTube, pull that up. It is absolute gold. And I'll be honest that I didn't know what to think about the guy. To me, it felt like the stuff we'd heard before from every other coach. You know, we're going to, the sound bites, right? We're going to give it 125%. These guys are going to put in the work. There is no I in team, all that stuff you put up on the wall, like Ted Lasso. And uh, of course, in 2021, Campbell started his career as a head coach, started 0 10 and 1. That's right. We tied a game. We didn't win. We didn't lose. We tied a game. But then. In week 13, we played the Vikings. Jared Goff threw a walk-off touchdown to win the game. You would have thought that we won the Super Bowl. <laughs> Go back and watch that one, too. Unbelievable. Walk-off touchdown. And they would finish that year 3-13-1. The next year, 2022, the Lions started the season 1-6, and six, but finished and with an outside shot to make the playoffs. We've been in this situation before, right? Where we spend our last couple weeks trying to figure out if it would even be mathematically possible to get in. You know, these teams have to win, these teams have to lose, and we have to win out and all this other jazz. But, of course, same old Lions fashion, in Week 17 of the season, the Seahawks won their game, effectively knocking us out of contention. But that's okay. We beat the Packers, and because of that, they missed out on the playoffs too. Then, 2023 came. Like every NFL season, I get ramped up. I don't know about you, I get ramped up, I get amped up, I'm always jazzed, ready to go with excitement at the prospect of watching my team every Sunday, every Monday, or every Thursday, depending on how the schedule shakes out, right? There's this hope, right, that comes with a fresh start. And every week is an opportunity to support our Honolulu Blue that has become an institution to the city of Detroit, really the state of Michigan. And Every year since I've been a fan of this team, I've uttered those magical words at the beginning of each season. Are you guilty of these ones, right? This year is going to be different. (laughs) Most of the time, it's been a lie that we've told ourselves. But in 2023, it was different. I'll spare you the the history lesson of the 2023 season in its entirety, because it is still so fresh in all of our minds. I'm sure most of you know what happened in 2023, the regular season at least. I definitely want to talk about the playoffs, but if you're a fan of this team, you know that what these boys did last year was absolutely different than anything they had done before. So I want to highlight some things about last season that led me to this conclusion. Okay, so first off, the Lions went into the bye week with an 8-2 record, which was their best start since 1962. That's definitely something different that we weren't used to. And let that sink in for a second. The Detroit Lions hadn't been that good for 51 years. Next, there were some key wins throughout the season that really started to get people thinking that maybe this was a different team. And they did it in a way that's tough for most teams to do, right? They did it on the road. Away games are tough. Home field advantage is a real thing. We know all about that. In week one, the Lions played the reigning Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, on national television. The very first game of the season, Thursday Night Football, they held on. We beat the Chiefs 21-20. to In week 10, we found ourselves in L.A., for the Chargers, beat up on Justin Herbert's team 31 to 28. That was a tough game, very physical, very very physical game. In week 13, the boys traveled to New Orleans to take on the Saints and won 33 to 28, another physical one, another good one. And they won 12 games in 2023, tying the record for the most wins in a regular season. But what about the losses? What about shaking off that same old Lions mantra that had haunted us for so many years? You may have seen the presser. I think it was an ESPN package uh, with Peyton Manning and Jeff Daniels talking about the curse of Bobby Lane. I got to go back and watch that one too. But that is for me where same old Lions kind of comes from. You know, they lost five games. Yeah, they lost. And, if we're being honest with ourselves, when they did lose, they definitely lost in that same old Lions way. And just as we got way too excited about winning Week 1 against KC, we played the first home game during Week 2. Seahawks beat us by a touchdown in the first drive of overtime. Touchdown. Boom. Game over. Same old Lions. In Week 13... The Packers beat us 29-22 on Thanksgiving like they historically do. And in week 14, we traveled to Chicago where the Bears caught fire in the second half, beating us 28-13. Same old Lions. But the most same old Lions loss of all came in week 17 at Dallas. You should know about this. if you've, Unless you've been living under a rock, <laughs> you should know about week 17 at Dallas. The billboards... That prove our point. The memes. We rallied, right, toward the end of the fourth quarter, down by a touchdown against the Cowboys. Jared Goff marched down the field. He was perfect to get us the six points. And instead of kicking the extra point, Motor City Dan Campbell said, Heck with it. Let's go win this game. MCDC dialed up one of the most genius two-point conversion trick plays of all time. And executed it perfectly. The ball went to 68 Taylor Decker, and then the flag came. 68 was the target. We're waiting on the call. What's the penalty going to be for? Brad Allen and the referees said that Taylor Decker hadn't reported despite all the video evidence and proof that he had, and Dan Campbell was hot livid The Lions lost 20 to 19. Same old Lions. Now with 5 losses on the season, was it really the same old Lions though? You've got a winning season, 12 and 5 on a 17 game schedule is a winning season. What's crazier is that We even have to think about same old Lions in those scenarios. For all of you diehard fans like me, did you get tired of hearing that phrase thrown around after each loss? Only five losses for the first time in a long time. It's wild because that specific loss against Dallas came one week after the Lions had officially sealed their destiny. And I will never forget week 16 for as long as I live. For many reasons. Hopefully you don't either. The biggest reason is that the Lions, that I can recall, had never really been in this spot before, unless we're going back to 1991, talking about getting to the playoffs then, but they controlled their own destiny. No more waiting for the other combinations of teams having to win and lose for us to go to the playoffs. All we had to do was beat Minnesota one time, and we could clinch the NFC North, effectively putting us in the playoffs. I think the math was such that Minnesota had to win out or something like that, but all we had to do was win two games, but beating Minnesota, rather, would move us forward one, move them back one. Effectively, that's more or less two wins, if you want to look at the math that way. Did you watch the game on Christmas Eve? I know we sure did. (laughs) We, We definitely did. So much that we started watching it as we were leaving the house to go be with family for Christmas Eve. Rosanna even drove to our destination so that I could watch the game on my phone as we drove bless her heart thank you youtube tv <laughs> it was exciting it was exciting were you nervous like me were you worried that the same old lions would show up and lose this one and we'd have to wait two more weeks man it was it was thrilling to watch right it got nail-biting for a minute there when the vikings rallied in the fourth quarter to bring it in you know within a score But that interception by Melifanwu, that last pass, it was like the weight immediately in that moment had been lifted off our shoulders. Finally, finally, the Detroit Lions were headed to the playoffs. It was really happening. I remember still being at the Christmas Eve get-together, sitting quietly on my phone in the corner, feverishly trying to order my It's a Lock playoff (laughs) hat and uh, shirts for both of us. It was just, it was just, So exciting. There was a buzz of electricity among Lions fans again. Of course, social media blown up with all this excitement. People were talking about the Lions again. The national attention was on Detroit. So now we were confronted with feelings we'd had before, but we haven't had these feelings in a long time. We had been to the wildcard round a few times before, I don't need to remind you what happened there. Couple games that uh, had some picked up flags. I don't want to relive those moments. I remember getting this feeling that hosting a playoff game would—it would just have to make it easier because of home field advantage, right? Like this—this this game would be the fourth playoff appearance since 2011, and the first three of those were all losses on the road against New Orleans, Dallas, and Seattle. It was this just amazing feeling that with the momentum our Lions had built with a 12-5 and season, hosting their first home playoff game since 1993 would really have to be a lock. And it was a lock. We were going to win this one. We're going to win this one, baby. It's a home playoff game. We're going to take it to the house. We're going to win it. And it was a lock until we found out who we were playing. Like the script of a Hollywood movie, Right? Number nine, Matthew Stafford brought his LA Rams back to Ford Field on January 14th, 2024. Like you, I'm sure, my head was spinning with all the what-ifs and possible scenarios of what the game would look like. I just couldn't shake this sinking feeling that Stafford would come back to Detroit and steal this moment from us. Maybe you even saw the video of Eminem. Right, telling Stafford to just just let us have this one. Something about, come on, Matt, I rapped for you, I think is what he said in that video. I was with you, Marshall, all the way. I think we all felt the same way. right? Let's look back at it. We had a four-point lead at halftime. Lions were in control. We really had nothing to worry about, even with L.A. closing the gap. Fast forward, Amon Ross St. Brown would convert on second and nine with a minute 54 left. The Lions would finally get their playoff victory, and they would do it at home. Goff would kneel on the ball and run the clock out. Ironically, uh, sitting at home, I, I had to do the same thing Jared Goff was doing, which was to do the math. <laughs> I, I remember, I think he said something about how even he had to do the math in his head to make sure he had to actually talk to one of the referees to make sure that they could just kneel on the ball and run the, run the clock out. So yeah, three QB kneels, it was over. The chip was off our shoulders. It was in that moment as a Lions fan, that I immediately reflected on a few of the goals that Dan Campbell had set out to achieve within his first three years as coach. Have a winning season, which he actually did last year too, reach the playoffs, and win a playoff game. He did all three. And that's pretty impressive. If you look at the numbers after the the fact of that game, Stafford actually played lights-out football. He threw for 110 more yards than Goff did. He even threw one more touchdown than Goff did. But he only averaged 10 yards per pass, where Goff was averaging 22 yards per pass. It certainly wasn't an easy win, but, I mean, Goff was in control the whole time. On paper, at least, right? Then the next day, I became a Green Bay fan. That's right. (laughs) I'll say it. Because thanks to Green Bay's victory over the Cowboys in their wild card game, the Lions were able to bump up as the next highest seed and were able to host Tampa Bay for yet another home playoff game. Talk about surreal. The season just kept getting better. Two weeks into January, this is something we're not used to. Rosanna actually made the comment to me. She goes, it feels weird to be able to watch Lions football this deep into January. I said, yeah, you're right. And actually, the night before the Lions would host the Buccaneers for playoff game number two, Rosanna and I attended her company's holiday party at the Godfrey Hotel in Corktown. I made sure that uh, I had all my Lions gear with me for the next morning when when we left the hotel. I got all decked out. And uh, once we did check out, you know, early afternoon game, early afternoon playoff game, the city was already electric. And I think as we were leaving, we got as close as the corner of Comerica Park and the DSO right there at that, um, that little roundabout that's there. Before we had to turn, but I, I have to tell you that I've never seen an energy like it before. It was just absolutely buzzing. Now, once game time arrived, we all assumed our positions in the fan cave here at the house, watched it all unfold. And again, looking back at the box score, it's crazy to think that we were neck and neck with Tampa Bay the whole time. I mean, it was tied after three quarters, I I don't know how to explain it, but as exciting as the game was, I felt like there wasn't a ton of pressure like there was against the Rams. The game didn't have a whole lot of pressure behind it. Did you feel that way too? I know that every game is important and, and playoff football is one and done, but the way they played, again, it just felt like they were in control. Felt like the Lions were in control. Look at these numbers. You'll see that Baker Mayfield, he threw two interceptions had four sacks to Goff's two, and Tampa Bay committed five penalties for 33 yards. They also possessed the ball four minutes less than the Lions did. So to bring it all back around to something I said earlier, this Lions team that we had seen all season long, that was tasked with shaking the the same old Lions mantra and making a new name for themselves, was really starting to prove that they were, in fact, for real. A Lions victory and we were off to San Francisco for the NFC Championship game. One more win, and we would earn the right to play for it all. Now, for me, even during the regular season, seven days is way too long between games. You know, the short weeks, Thanksgiving, maybe a Thursday night or Monday night game or whatever. It's a little bit more manageable. But yeah, seven days was way too long for for all of us Lions fans to wait for this moment. Again, everything to this point, my opinion was just icing on the cake. We did what we set out to do, but of course winning the conference, hoisting the Lombardi Trophy, that was the end goal. Vegas didn't believe in us. The line was Niners by 7 at one point. And San Francisco has one of the biggest home field advantages in the league. It wasn't supposed to be an easy game until it was, right? Right? By halftime, the Lions had shattered all expectations and were leading the 49ers 24-7. to Were you super confident like I was? Did you start preparing your heart for what would actually happen if we went to the Super Bowl? Like, what would we do if the Lions actually made it to the big dance? I continually was, I was asking that question. Can you imagine what would happen? Can you imagine what would happen? Did you also think Goff was in complete control of this game? I mean, the Lions at that point were 30 minutes away from going to Las Vegas. 30 minutes. And then, were you mortified (laughs) when San Francisco put up 17 unanswered points? Yep, me too. We know what happened. A few missed opportunities. A take the points moment. Combine that with MCDC's aggressive play calling, the Lions, we know, went on to lose 34-31. We missed our opportunity at a ring this year, and we're going to have to wait until next year. So, same old Lions? Or no? So the days and weeks after the game, naturally, the, the sports media across the country, all of the pundits went back and forth on Campbell's play calling style. And even I, I had to really give it a lot of thought, but I'm going to say I don't think Dan Campbell did anything wrong. He was true to himself and how he operates. He didn't change a thing. And looking back, I'm sure the players feel the same way, but you have to put the blame, at least on the dropped passes, those dropped passes toward the end of the game. You got to put that on the players. Dan Campbell didn't do that. The only thing I would say, maybe he could have taken the points when it came to one of those fourth down conversion scenarios. And I think he admitted that too. But no, I don't blame him for the loss. He had been aggressive all season long, and because of that, it got us to the NFC Championship game. Because of him, there is now a divisional champ banner hanging in the rafters at Ford Field. we got to celebrate our Ws where we can get them, right? I know you don't celebrate divisional wins, but... Or, or clinching divisions, rather. But, yeah, for the Lions, that was a pretty big accomplishment. I think that's awesome that we get to put one in the rafters for winning the NFC North. So, to Sheila Ford Hamp, I know they're not going to hear this, but whatever, I'll say it. To Dan Campbell, to Brad Holmes, the coaching staff, and to the players of our Detroit Lions, thank you for restoring our roar in 2023. It was an amazing season. And we are all excited for what's ahead. We cannot wait. If you're like me, it's probably an understatement when I say that the next six to seven months are going to be brutal, waiting for the season to start. The schedule is going to be a good one. We, we're going to have our divisional games with Green Bay, Chicago, and Minnesota. We're going to get some grudge matches with San Francisco, Dallas, and Seattle. We'll get rubber matches with the Rams and the Buccaneers. We'll play Jacksonville, Tennessee, Buffalo, Houston, Indianapolis, and Arizona to round out the schedule. It's just going to be a whole lot of fun to watch, and I think we're just getting started. I think our Lions are just getting started. Dan Campbell says we're going to win the Super Bowl this year, and if anyone can, Dan can. So those are my thoughts. That's what I think. I just wanted to step away from the the norm of talking wedding stuff, kind of touch on what happened with our Detroit Lions this year. It was so exciting to watch. Um, Just so thankful for you tuning in and always joining me on this very special episode of the Motor City HDJ podcast. I got a lot of cool stuff coming up this year. I don't know how many episodes I'm going to do, but my plan is to talk to some people that are important to me and to Motor City HDJ, have them offer their input, maybe talk to some other vendors that might be able to advise you on how to plan your event, but As always, remember to love each other, be kind, and of course, go...